I will preface everything that you're about to hear in this episode by saying that I, I don't claim to know that any of this is true in a provable, evidence-based sort of way. What I've continually found is that if something is useful, if a certain philosophy or a certain perspective or belief or, or a behavior produces better measurable results than something else, then I tend to use that until something else comes along that is even better. And it's an evolving process for sure. But that being said, what you're about to hear has become a foundation for the way that I've chosen to live, uh, that I've chosen to make decisions, to observe the world around me, and in a very real sort of way, connect with possibilities and to connect with these possibilities in a way that feels very familiar and feels very like home. And it removes fear. It completely eliminates uncertainty. And so with that being said, I hope what you find in this episode is useful as we explore this concept called time piercing. Need nothing, appreciate everything, have it all. Welcome to the podcast that helps you architect your most self-authorized, productive, and fulfilled life. Join action philosopher Jesse Elder on a journey to greater joy, freedom, and wealth of every kind as he shares insights gained from the leading edge of liberated living. The hardest part is accepting just how easy success can be. And now, Jesse. Hey, it's Jesse, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, we are going to look at a phenomenon that has sort of come to my mind as a label uh, called time piercing. And this is a very interesting way of looking at the world. It's certainly been one of the stranger things that I've encountered in my own philosophical journey. And yet it is, has continually proven itself as a superior paradigm, a belief, a perception, a way of making decisions that produces unbelievable results. And so everything that you're going to hear today is based on my personal observation, personal experience, and the experiences of those that I've had conversations with and people that have shared their own experiences and what you're going to hear today is a lot of it is very easily argued against because there's not enough research and and those people who really crave evidence before they will entertain a notion or before they'll even explore a new possibility uh, this this episode might prove to be frustrating if uh, somebody needs lots and lots of statistics and uh, averages and studies before they're willing to explore something. Uh, in my own life, while I value that work and I respect deeply those who do the work of gathering data and measuring and, and comparing and testing, uh, in my own life, I've found that life itself gives me feedback 
that then allows me to say, hey, this is valid or it's not. So with that being said, we're going to dive into this concept called time piercing. And during this episode, you're going to hear a few ways to use your own innate powers of memory and imagination, but to do so in a way that is perhaps not as common, something that that maybe intuitively you've had some experience with that we're just going to create a conversation around today. And my intention, as always, is that this is of use for you and that this dialogue opens some new possibilities in your mind, maybe reinforces some things that you've felt or practiced or known about. And, uh, you know, maybe we all end up feeling a little less weird by bringing something to the forefront uh, that I, I believe really is useful. So a couple of years ago, I was in California. I was in a bookstore and uh, I was doing a private client day. So I was working with a client and one of the things that we ended up doing was being at this bookstore. And as I was at the bookstore, I uh, I don't even remember what book I was leafing through. That really wasn't relevant. And this bookstore had all sorts of different objects and jewelry and art and different things. And I remember picking up this piece of, uh, it, was a, it was a rock or, or I guess some sort of crystal or stone or something. I didn't really know what it was. It just looked interesting. And so I picked it up and full disclaimer, I am not a, uh, either a believer or a disbeliever in the, in the supposedly mystical qualities of rocks and crystals and, and all of that. I know there's a lot of people that take it really seriously and I respect, uh, if that works for them. Uh, there's also people that I respect and admire deeply who think it's a load of crap, that there is no power in the thing. So you know what? I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. I just picked up this rock because it looked cool. And so I picked it up. And as it turns out, I found out later it was called selenite. And it's a, it's a pretty crystal. Like it's a, it's a, it's a neat looking rock, kind of white, translucent. And so I picked it up and was holding it. And I had a very interesting experience. Uh, a, a word popped into my mind. And the word was time piercing. Like, like one word, time piercing. And it was so visceral. It was such a visceral sense of this word. It was almost as if the word kind of came into my head. I know that sounds so weird to say, but it was like the word entered the top of my skull and like came into my body and somehow lodged in my body. I'd never experienced anything like that. And again, full disclosure, I, I feel a little bit vulnerable sharing all this. I, I didn't know what to make of it because it felt so odd and so strange. But, you know, being up for uh, new experiences, I thought, okay, well, let me just play with this word. So I kept thinking about the word. And the more that I rolled the word around in my mind, time piercing, it just felt right somehow. It just felt like a, like a, like it fit and I didn't even know what it meant. So I grabbed my phone and I Googled this word time piercing and I couldn't find anything. And I scrolled down to like the second or third page of Google where, uh, where, where search results go to die. <laughs> like basically nothing's past the first page of Google. Uh, I'm kidding slightly. And I couldn't find anything about this word relating to time. It was buried somewhere in the second or third page as an obscure reference to some uh, video game character's uh, amulet or something. I mean, it, uh, I, I realize that this sounds strange. Believe me, I thought it sounded strange too. 
but the word persisted. It was very interesting. And so I would journal and I would just kind of write this word out and look at it. And it's, it just seemed so familiar. It just seemed as if I knew this word, even though I'd never heard it before. And so I kind of forgot about it and, and let it go for a couple of weeks. Didn't really think anything of it. And then I began to have uh, some different experiences and sometimes in my, in my meditation, which is a, a daily practice for me, other times just random sort of daydream thoughts popping in. And I began to have memories, uh, of different times in my past times when I was a kid times when I was a, you know, a teenager, uh, some very specific times when I opened my first martial arts school and I was 23, 24 years old. And, you know, that was a very intense time of, of a lot of growth and a lot of adversity. And I began to have these memories of very specific times and it wasn't just the memory. I mean, we've all had memories before. We've all thought about, you know, things that have happened, things that are in the past, except these memories seemed to have a different sort of quality to them. And instead of feeling like I was remembering something that was uh, over and gone and, and, you know, dead and in the past, I began to have a sense of connection. Uh, I, I began to feel who I was back then. And I began to have a, a, almost like an emotional connection to that person that I was. And I, I could, if I was meditating, I could close my eyes and I could see so vividly. I could see the martial arts school and the, and the blue mats that I had. And I could see my students in their martial arts uniform and the parents taking pictures or, you know, clapping and cheering during the, during the class. And it was like, I was there. It was, it was very, uh, vivid. And what was so unique about these memories is they didn't feel like memories. They didn't feel like something that was over. It felt like something that was happening right now, just elsewhere, just, just somewhere else, but not over as in the past, just happening somewhere else. Sort of like, you know, if you're on the phone with somebody and you know, they're not in the room with you, but you're having a very present moment conversation and you're responding to them and they're responding to you. And, and there's this flow of conversation. I began to have that same sort of feeling. And so these, these memories would just pop in one after the other. And this kept going for a couple of weeks on and off. And it was different enough from other memories that I'd experienced that I really started paying attention to it. Uh, it was, it was, as I said, it was a very visceral, emotional connection to that memory. And I'm curious if you've ever experienced something like this yourself, you know, have you ever had a memory that, that seemed like it persisted? It wasn't just a you know flash or there and gone, uh, but a real visceral connection. If you have, uh, I'm going to invite you to, to kind of hold that for a moment uh, because we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. I believe that this is a very valuable quality of our memory, uh, and, and I'll share why in, in a few minutes. So they, these memories kept coming in, and they had a very special quality of connection and, and a lot of emotion. And a couple of weeks go by, and I was headed to San Antonio. I, I had a place in Austin. This is uh, 2014 or 15, uh, 2015, and uh, I took my motorcycle down to Austin. I was meeting with a client and I found myself on a highway that I hadn't been on in, in a couple of years. Uh, 
And so I'm on the bike and it's a beautiful day outside and I, I am driving through an old part of town, uh, old to me, where I had one of my martial arts schools, my second martial arts school that, that, uh, that I opened. And I hadn't been there in a couple of years. And the time that had passed since then was so full of growth and a lot of uh, chaos and a lot of excitement. It was a very, very uh, tumultuous time, a beautiful time. And I hadn't been there in a long time. So I'm on the bike and I have a few minutes before I meet the client. I thought, you know what? I'm going to pull around and go, just go look in the window of this martial arts school. And so here I am in, in Leon Springs, Texas. And uh, it was a beautiful day outside. I, I pulled the bike around the parking lot and nobody's in the karate school. They're in between classes. So I park the bike, get off the bike. And as I'm walking towards the glass, I began to have that feeling again. I began to have that what would I now know, feel or know as a time piercing feeling. And I had a very strong memory of a specific time that I was in that martial arts school. And as I was looking, I went up to the glass and I, I kind of, you know, shielded my face and put my face up towards the window. And I looked in and I felt the exact same emotion, the same feeling as I'd had during a very specific day. Uh, I remember vividly, I was sitting in that classroom and it was a very stressful time. Uh, I, I was experiencing a lot of growth. I had just opened this second school uh, and then I'd opened a third one almost immediately after that. Uh, my thinking was that if I open one more school, I'll be running back and forth like a crazy person trying to manage everything. But if I opened two more, I would be forced to systemize, you know, I'd be forced to develop systems and, and delegate better and train people and develop my leadership skills. So that was my thinking behind opening two schools within 60 days of each other. And it was stressful to say the least. Uh, it was a daily experience of not knowing where the money was going to come from, not knowing, you know, whether or not a, an employee, a staff member was going to leave. And if they left, what was I going to do? And, uh, and on top of that, I had just uh, gotten married in the the uh, year before that, and so it was it was such a I mean, there's so much change happening in my life. So on that particular day uh, that I that I remember sitting down on the mats, I was stretching out, getting ready for my classes, and I remember being uh, really afraid and really overwhelmed, and thinking, I don't know how the f I'm going to do this. Like it, I, it feels beyond me. And I remember not really praying necessarily, but I remember just like reaching out with my mind and, and my feeling like, like there has to be a way I can't keep this up. I'm, I'm failing and I, and I'm failing emotionally and it's affecting my confidence. And I feel like I'm faking everything and I'm just this imposter. And it was a very intense time. So as I was sitting there feeling these feelings and just reaching out with my mind and, and asking, basically asking for help, like, how can this get better? It, it can't stay this way. I don't know how long I can do this. And when I was sitting there on that mat, I remember feeling a sense of peace. And I remember feeling this, this like, like, a, like a blanket coming over me. And just this feeling of like, hey, everything's okay. It's going to be okay. And I don't know where that feeling came from. It just came over me. I don't remember doing anything to cause it. I didn't, I didn't take an action. You know, I didn't, I didn't do anything. It just, it just happened. And along with that feeling, 
came that same connection, that same emotional connection to something bigger than me, to something outside of where I was. And I got a very clear idea, almost like a message, and it was keep training. That was it. Keep training. And I was very clear in that moment, sitting there on the mat, stretching out, feeling this calm come over me, just keep training. And it didn't mean just keep training martial arts or, or keep improving my, my competitive skills on the ring or, or my teaching even. It was keep training on communication, keep training on being a, a better leader and, and keep training on how to communicate the value of what you're doing and, and get better at, at inviting people to enroll and get better at communicating in the community and getting outside your school and keep going. Just keep doing that. You're going to be fine. That was the feeling that I got. And I remember all my stress just like melting away and was replaced with this very peaceful, focused feeling. It was certainty. And so that was years ago, sitting in the martial arts school, going from stressed to feeling so calm. So then fast forward, now it's 2015 and I'm standing outside that exact same room and I'm peering in the glass and it's like I could see myself sitting there and I could, I, in, in, in my own mind now standing outside of the glass and looking in with my motorcycle behind me about to go meet my client, I remember standing there in the glass with this feeling like, just keep training, man, like keep going. You're doing great. It was like a conversation to my past self. And as I had that realization, which felt to me like a memory, it felt like remembering that guy that was sitting on the mat. But then all of a sudden I remembered being that guy sitting on the mat and asking for help and, and, and help arrived. And then standing outside the window, all of a sudden, just all this understanding just collapsed in my mind. It just, everything fell into place. And what if memory and imagination is the same thought? What if, what if me sitting there inside the karate school, stressed out at my wits end, feeling overwhelmed and scared and asking for help, and then imagining this, this vision where I'm, where I'm training and I can see the beauty in that. Well, what if that was actually a memory from my future self? What if I wasn't imagining forward? What if I was catching a memory of my future self telling me, hey, man, just keep training. It's going to be okay. And then me standing outside the school, remembering that guy who was so scared and remembering the frustration and the fear that he felt, telling him, hey, it's going to be all right. As I was having that memory, I, I felt tears forming in my eyes because I, I saw the, the connection. And it was, it was the oddest thing I'd ever experienced because I started to have a very real sense that time is a lot more flexible than I thought. And in fact, that that version of me is experiencing his own present moment. And then the version of me standing outside the school is experiencing his present moment. Well, what if the present moment 
that we perceive with our senses, what if that's just a perception? What if it's actually, what if there's a lot more going on that we don't have perceptual access to because of these physical bodies, but we do have access through thought? And it was almost too much to think about that day. So I just kind of shelved it. I thought, I'm, I need to go meet my client. So I got back on the bike and, and rode and met the client. But that word kept persisting, time piercing, time piercing. And I finished with the client. I rode my bike back to Austin. And all I could think about was this experience that I'd had, which was not just one experience. It wasn't just me looking in the window seeing this version of me and remembering him. It was also the experience of sitting in the karate school years earlier, feeling overwhelmed and feeling scared and, and asking for help and getting it. And when I get back to my place in Austin, I got out my journal and I just, I started writing and I started just these, these, these what if scenarios kept coming into my mind and I didn't, have any desire to try and research and find what other people had had to say on it. I, I honored their experience and I'm sure that people have thought about this, but I was having my own experience and just feeling that this, these insights just coming in faster and faster. And so I, I began to think in terms of music where, you know, if you're sitting in a room and, and, you know, you've got a piano or a guitar a musical instrument and you strike a chord, well, somebody else in the other room can hear that chord. So the music occupies both rooms simultaneously. Even though the two people can't see one another, they don't, they don't, can't look at each other. They're in two clearly separate rooms. And yet the music transcends space. The music can occupy the same space at once. And whether it's, you know, me in this room hitting the music and uh, the, the chord and that chord going into the other room or the other person in another room hitting their musical instrument and that music coming into my room, well, it, it really doesn't matter who hit the note. The note occupies both rooms. And then I began to ask myself, well, what if the past is like another room? It's happening right now. It's just in another room, so you, you can't see it. You don't have access to it. And what if the future is another room? You just can't see it. You don't have access to it, but it's there. It's real. It's right there. And it seemed to make sense to me that these thoughts of memory or thoughts of imagination, what if they somehow transcend our understanding of space and our understanding of time? You know, what if, what if they're somehow vibrating at a, at a higher frequency, just like music does. Music operates at a, at a faster, higher frequency than physical matter. So your body can only be in one place at one time, but music can be everywhere. And it, it didn't seem like too much of a stretch for me to imagine the thoughts being that exact same thing. And so I thought, all right, well, this is cool and all, and this is neat to think about, but if if it's not practical, then there's other things that I could probably be putting my energy on. And so what I started to do was using memory. I started to think about times in my past, like that moment when I'd been in the martial arts school, feeling overwhelmed and, and, and really in a lot of fear. I began to think about other times in my life that I had, had experienced a lot of pain or 
times of genuine suffering. And I went as far as actually getting photos from, you know, a time that I was a kid. And I remember experiencing a lot of uncertainty and feeling scared and, and feeling alone. And I, I actually got a picture and I looked at that picture and I just kept staring at that picture, except I, I didn't have the sense that I was looking at something that was over because of this whole understanding of time piercing that was sort of blossoming in my, in my awareness. I started to realize that what if that kid is in his own room right now? I call it the past, just like he calls my room the future. But what if it's all part of the same house, so to speak? It's just different rooms. And then my logical brain is like, dude, this is some weird stuff, man. <laughs> it's like, no wonder people sometimes message you on Facebook and say, dude, what are you smoking? I'm like, I'm, I'm not smoking anything on this train of thought. It's just happening. It, I don't, I didn't, I didn't ask for it. It's just showing up. But then I, I looking at this picture and I'm remembering that kid and thinking, well, is it so odd that if consciousness is infinite, is it so strange to consider that perhaps consciousness can create its own individual experience so that you can have the ability to make choices and the ability to move through this linear time construct and act like you're separate. But what if you're really not? So as I'm looking at that picture, I again have this intense emotional connection to this kid and I can see him and I, and I can see his face and I can remember being that kid, except I'm, it's like I'm looking through, <laughs> if you're still with me, this is going to get even stranger. I felt like I was, like I was holding a portal of some kind not a piece of paper. I wasn't holding a photograph. I was holding a portal because it was the thought that was connecting with that kid. And it was the emotions that were connecting. And that was, is what transcends space and time. And so I'm now like full on feeling all this empathy and feeling genuine appreciation for this kid and what he was experiencing and going through. And then I realized how all the things that that kid was afraid of, most of them didn't even happen. And the things that did happen, including stuff later on that he wasn't prepared for, he actually learned from it and it helped him to, to form his worldview and he became me. And so as I'm sitting there with this photo and I'm looking at that kid, I just feel so much love and, and so much kind of like, like protection, but not in a, in a shielding way, just sort of like, man, you got it. Like you can do this. And I felt like I, like I was coaching this kid saying, everything's fine. Everything works out. You're having a, a really great evolutionary experience, but everything's good, man. You're so loved and you're so appreciated. And I, I feel myself getting all emotional as I realize that that kid is me. We're just occupying different places in this thing called time. And it lasted for a few, few minutes and just feeling this energy. And then I thought, all right, well, this is, this is weird. Even for me, I'm going to take a break from this and go about my day. So I went about my day, but later that night I thought about it again. And I, re I, I recognized that in the past, past, 
that there are times that I've thought about that kid. I thought about those times in my, in that kid's life. And it was painful to think about. And it was painful to feel abandoned. It was painful to feel so much uncertainty. It was, it was painful to feel um, everything that he was feeling. Except this time when I thought about it, all I felt was love. All I felt was this overwhelming appreciation for that kid. And, and, and then I realized that it was, it was as if something, some sort of like pocket of suffering that I'd been kind of avoiding because I didn't want to think about that part of my childhood. It was gone. And I tried to go, I mean, it go, tried to go back and think about how bad it was and it wasn't bad anymore. All that was there was love and appreciation. And I thought, okay, well, this is really interesting. So I started over the next few weeks, I kept going back to different places in my childhood where there was these pockets of pain, things that were overwhelming or embarrassing or, or scary. And I did the same thing. I would, I, if I had a picture, I'd have a picture. Otherwise I would just imagine it. But this is not just visualization and this is not just uh, like, like timeline therapy that, you know, I had some friends in NLP say, oh, that's like imagining your past. I'm like, no, no, this is, I think it's actually happening right now. They kind of arched their eyebrow and looked at me like, uh, okay. I'm like, ah, never mind. I'm not ready to talk about this. So I just practiced it. I just would do this sort of process. And instead of imagining that it was over, I imagined that it was active. This is a live experience that another me is having somewhere else in this thing called time. And I began from my perspective to give that love and appreciation and acknowledgement to that version of me. And sometimes it was very heavy emotionally. And other times it was so light and so freeing and so fun. I almost began looking forward to those conversations with other parts of myself as much as I looked forward to conversations with my friends or clients or, you know, family members here and now. And it became increasingly useful because I could feel myself right now here today getting lighter and, and clearer and stronger and, and free of resistance that I didn't even know that I had. And so that persisted for months and I didn't talk about it. I didn't share it with anybody. I just kept doing it myself. And then something else sort of unfolded. This word time piercer kept showing up, time piercing kept showing up. And I realized that this is what I'm practicing. I don't know where this came from. I don't know how it showed up and I don't know why it feels so right, but I didn't need to know. It just felt right. And I was seeing the benefit of it as my confidence in the here and now was growing. I, I felt unrestricted by things that in the past had been an issue, you know, fears of rejection or fears of criticism or, or disapproval or the need for approval. All of that just went away. And I feel it felt more like me than I ever had. And I could see a direct connection between cleaning up some of those stuck energies through this, this process of time piercing. And then it hit me. I thought, well, if it goes backwards, so to speak, from, from the present to the, to the past, why, why not go the other way too? Why not listen for memories of my future self? Because no matter what puzzle I might be facing, no matter what problem I might be facing, there's without question a version of me in the future that's already figured it out. And through this uniquely 
human quality of imagination, I can imagine and envision what that guy, what that version of me is doing. What is he living? How is he operating? And and then that just felt like a, a useful thing. So I started to do it in meditation. I started to imagine a version of me in a picture or, or a scene or some, you know, speaking or traveling or, you know, with, with different financial situation or a different sort of uh, emotional connection with people. And I began to feel that same connection. I began to feel a very strong emotion. And then I started to get ideas. I began to receive thoughts that felt so clear. It was almost like I was taking instructions. It was almost like having an earpiece in and you're getting play by play, you know, on what to say next or what to do next. And it was so clear. And there was some hesitation with that because some of the ideas that I was getting seemed so far out and they seemed so away from what my logical brain thought I should do next. But I thought, you know what, there's only one way to find out and that's to test it. So I began to explore what would happen if I followed those ideas and began to say yes to certain things and say no to others. And you know what I found? The more that I did that, the more in flow I became, the more um, connected I felt to my vision and to my purpose and to what I'm supposed to do next, not in a you know, mandate, you're like, you better do this kind of way. It's not like fundamental like that. It's just, Hey, do this. And almost like having somebody three or four steps ahead of you in the dark going, Hey, over here, come this way. And eventually you get so used to getting that guidance and it started producing much better results than anything else that I was doing. So I just started using that a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And all of a sudden it didn't take very long. A few days of doing this, I began to feel an, an always on connection to both my past and my future. And I began to have a, have a very real connection with my best next now. That's how it showed up for me in journaling. Those three words, my best next now. From here, there's all these choices I can make. So which one is the best next choice? What's the best next thing that I can do? And as I began to f uh, kind of sift through my emotions and I could tell, oh, that's not the right thing. That's being greedy or, or that's being fearful. But there's always that clean signal. If I felt for it, there was always a yes. And so I just got better at feeling that signal. And eventually that signal started carrying so much energy and that feeling started feeling so right that I stopped doubting it. I stopped questioning it. And even when weird ideas would pop in like, hey, you should go on tour. I'm like, what am I, a rock star? Uh, go on tour? What are you talking about? But it was so clear. So I did. And it ended up being one of the most pure, fun, epic adventures ever. Zero resistance, so much connection, so many people sharing stories of ways that they've used this material and connected with each other. And I was like, wow, I'm really glad <laughs> that that idea came in. But I also recognize my role in receiving the idea. And so since then, over these last few years, this concept of time piercing has become an absolutely fundamental component, more than a component. It's, it's a part of me now. It's a part of my being and I've embodied it to the point where I can get an idea, feel for the rightness of it within seconds and immediately pivot all sorts of energy, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, socially, 
and just pivot towards that new idea. And next thing you know, I'm over this, this hill, so to speak. And I see this whole new valley. I see this whole new territory that I could not logically have planned out in a million years. And I've realized I don't have to plan it out anymore. It's already done. It's like, you know, remember those video games on the, on the uh, CD, you know, like those old Sega video games or think back further to Nintendo. I'm sure you, some of you can probably remember that. And you got these game cartridges and now all of a sudden the entire game is on the cartridge, but you can only play what's on the screen, but all the possible choices are in the game. And I began to realize, wow, life is like that. Life is like that. All of the choices exist. All the possible choices are there. All I have to do is feel for the next one that's right for me and I'll show up and I'll deliver. And this is around the time that I stopped planning out all my work. I stopped, you know, I would do webinars to teach and I stopped like writing slides. When I would go and give a speech, I stopped planning out the speech. I would just clear my mind. I would allow my future self who had given the best possible speech for the audience connected with people in the way that they needed and wanted. And I would just feel for that. And I began to get in this flow where when I would speak, I don't know what the next word is going to be sometimes, but it just flows. And yes, I've had lots of training and teaching and practice. So there's some skills there. There's a fitness for communication that I've developed, but the content is a completely collaborative thing to this day, including this very podcast right now. There are no show notes to follow. There's no slides. This is an exercise and an experience of flow. And this is why I continue to be so appreciative of you and of, of everybody who's watching the mind vitamin videos or listening to the podcast or uh, attending our trainings or, or going through new programs, because I recognize that it is your desire to grow that even gives me any sort of position or any, any sort of value, because without you listening to this, I'm just a dude on in a microphone talking to himself. It's you and I together that are creating this. And as I've continued to surrender to the power of this flow, the energy and the information just intensifies and as I get my logical mind out of the way long enough for these ideas and energies to flow in, then the plans seem to reveal themselves. And I've taught this now to, to hundreds of people, and the experience seems to be very consistently beneficial. People are reporting releasing traumas that they've been experiencing for years, decades in some cases, and it's just gone. People struggling with uh, goals that they haven't been able to achieve or problems in their life that they're having issues with, including physical stuff, ailments, mental stuff. I mean, depression and fatigue and overwhelm and all this really gross stuff. And people are just, it's like they're opting out of it. They're, they're just forgetting to be depressed. They're forgetting to be overwhelmed. They're forgetting to be afraid of, you know, raising their prices or they're forgetting to be afraid of telling somebody in their life how they really feel because they're connecting with their best possible future self who's already done that. And then it's like you get to merge and sort of morph to become that person. And as I've continued to experience this, I, I gotta say life just gets better and better and better. And I truly wake up every day now with so much appreciation, 
knowing that I don't have to figure anything out. It's already been done. All I have to do is follow my feelings and stay true to those. And as I go about my work, as I go about my day, I recognize that these actions are not how I am making something happen. These actions are the natural result of what's already been set in motion. And so I think we're, we're at a very interesting time in human evolution because we have these qualities that we've always had, memory and imagination. And yet, what if those are more than we thought? What if memories are not just some collection of chemicals or neural pathways where you've stored some sort of mental file? What if you're actually connecting through thought and through feeling to a version of you that's still experiencing it? If that's the case, then we as human beings, we are not containers to be filled up with information from our environment. We're not containers. We are conduits. We are receivers and transmitters of this thought energy. And I'm so deeply appreciative of the fact that this is a conversation that can be had publicly where, you know, a couple hundred years ago, somebody having this conversation might have been punished or, 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 or worse because this is such a, an odd conversation to have. And yet you right now hearing these words and being part of this dialogue, you're the only one that can tell if this resonates with you or not. And you might be listening to this going, Jesse, this is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard in my life. And I really liked your podcast up until now. Uh, this is too much. And hey, if that's your experience, I completely get it. And I absolutely respect wherever you're at. I'm certainly not here to try and convince anybody of anything. But what I found in my life is that by having an open mind long enough to test something and judge by results life continues to open up and become more free and more powerful and more connected and more truly abundant in every way. And so my invitation for you is to test this out, you know, test this time piercing phenomenon for yourself. And it's as simple as a, a very subtle mental shift that instead of thinking about the past as something that's over and done, just have this little imagination. What if the you that you think you are is not limited to this body and this collection of cells. What if you are bigger than that? You know, there's, there's a lot of very beautiful conversation around the idea of soul or inner being or whatever it is. And I don't claim to know what it is. I don't think anybody knows what it is. Scientists and doctors can only seem to agree that the live ones have it and the dead ones don't. <laughs> That's it. So I don't claim to know what that energy is, but I do know that we have that energy. And it seems to me that if that energy is as powerful as, as it seems to be, then it doesn't need to be limited to one body. Maybe it can operate in multiple bodies. Maybe it can have all these different versions of itself 
all these different versions of you in all these different variations of time. Now, that seems like a weird concept. This is what helped me to, to think about it. You know, right now I'm, I'm sitting in the studio and I'm sitting in a chair. My feet are on the ground. My feet are on the floor. I'm sitting in the chair uh, and, and my hands are on the microphone stand. You, being where you are, maybe you're driving or maybe you're sitting or maybe you're walking around. You know, your feet are touching the ground or the accelerator of your car. Your, your you know, hips might be sitting in the chair. Your hands might be in your pocket or on the steering wheel. So here we are occupying three different places. In my case, my feet are on the ground. My, my, you know, I'm sitting in the chair and my hands are on the microphone stand. So how can it be that I'm occupying three places at once when the floor clearly is not even touching the seat of the chair and the seat of the chair is not even close to touching the microphones. They, those are three different physical spaces. So how can I honestly say I am in three places at once? Well, the answer is obvious. It's because I, my, uh, the, the me that I identify as my body is bigger than the floor. It's bigger than the chair. It's bigger than the microphone stand. So I can honestly say and accurately say I am in three places at once. So is it, is it such a stretch then that if you as a, as a consciousness, as a soul, as a whatever, whatever it is, is so big and so perhaps even omnipotent that you can occupy many different places at once while retaining a sense of self. If that's the case, then when you're remembering the past, your past self is also imagining the future. And that thought is one thought seen from different sides of the window, so to speak. When you're imagining the future, what if you're actually remembering there's a version of you in the future that's thinking back to you today. I invite you to just play with this and see what happens in your own experience. Perhaps this is just a mental exercise for you, or perhaps you'll experience, as I have, that this is an incredible way of getting things done. It's an incredible way of making decisions and, and being I had a, uh, an acquaintance of mine who's a, an audiobook publisher, uh, very successfully so. He, his company actually published The Martian, which was for a period of time the, the number one audiobook of all time. And he and I had many conversations around time piercing. And he messaged me one time and he said, I, man, I got to tell you, my wife and I just went looking for houses. We've been looking for houses and we walked into the house and immediately both of us had this feeling and we excused ourselves from the realtor. And we walked in the kitchen and he said, uh, my wife and I just held each other. And, and he said, we looked at each other. And he said, I asked her, do you remember living here? And he said, she started crying. And she said, yeah, I do. I remember us living here. Like, this is our house. And so... They got the house. <laughs> I just, I don't think life is supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be a struggle. 
all the answers already exist. And if you're continually nurturing your connection to your best next things, then fear and stress and overwhelm goes away. You don't even need to practice courage because courage is only necessary when you're afraid. But what if you're just not afraid? What if everything's fine? And what if everything that you are experiencing right now is just the, re the residue, just the result of other choices? And maybe you weren't making choices that were aligned with your heart. But right now is all there is. And the past, <laughs> the past is only as real as your thought about it right now. And here's one more mental twisting thing. You actually can't remember the past. You can only remember the last time you thought about it. You can only keep these thoughts alive through your attention to them. So if something negative or painful happened, maybe go back and give a little love and appreciation to that version of you and get them out of that suffering. Help them see the beauty and the gift and the upgrade that came as a result of them going through that experience. And then when you think back on that experience, it's not painful, it's only beautiful. And then as you continually code your reality and upgrade your own mind and your own frequency for joy, and you become sort of strategically blissful, you just operate in the space of appreciation and when you focus, you'll be focusing with all of you, with no resistance. When you decide to get something done, you'll simply sort of download the instructions from your future self and just proceed with no fear. In my experience, this is proving to be quite a superior way to live compared to anything else that I've experienced. The amount of serendipity, the amount of coincidence and beauty and mystery and enchantment just continues to unfold. You continue to attract into your life more and more adventure and more and more amazing connections. So I can continue to go on and on about it, but I, I think you get the idea. And I, I'm very curious to hear what your, um, not just your opinion of this, but your experience of this. I'm, I'm very interested to hear. So if, if you do have an experience of this, or you want to share your thoughts, send me an email to connect at jesseelder.com. And uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for investing time in this dialogue. Uh, perhaps this will be something you refer to again and again, uh, or not. Maybe you think, okay, next, I'm ready for the next episode. Give me something more practical. <laughs> Whatever flows for you. And if it works for you, it works. Thank you for being here. And until next time time. <laughs> Peace and power. And I'll talk to you soon.